let me just click on that and click on this. Made the fun sound. Did a crunch. A little crunch from that my crouch. keyboard. My brand new keyboard crunching. That's a bad sign. Okay. Welcome to Super Duper Stitches. The paranormal podcast where we talk about spooky things. Science things. And everything in betweens. Yeah. I'm Wyatt. I'm Jake. And uh, welcome back. Yeah. So last week we talked about some uh, humanoid monsters, some monsters, if you some will. Some monsters, yes, yes. I wanted to offer up a quick, I guess it counts as a corrections corner sort of thing. Um, update on the ghoulish encounter I referred to last oh, week. Oh, yeah. So we had the story of... Scary... Yeah, the dark phantom thing. The guy driving in upstate New oh, York. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, yeah. Um, yep. Encountering this tall, gaunt, scrawny thing that screamed at him, and it was uh, frightening. And he, um, so I did. Was it actually, just the pizza guy? Yeah. No, I posted on that Reddit thread uh, to ask a question. He mm. hasn't posted on anything since then, mm-hmm. and he said he's going to draw, try and draw a picture of it. Mm-hmm. Um, he did not do that, but I looked and saw that he had posted the same account on multiple different um, subreddits hmm. to try and get as like just different ones Exposure. that were all, yeah different ones that all kind of applied to see who uh, who would respond. Right. And so we looked at a picture, an artist's depiction of a Wendigo, something he said looked yeah. kind of like what I think it was like saw. ripped too. It was ripped, and he described it as being pretty lean looking. Right. Now what he had done is accidentally posted a link not to an image but to a forum. Th- like a different forum thread somewhere that okay. had a bunch of pictures and that happened to be the top one after oh, he posted it. Oh, so it was just an incidental sort of misreference? Yeah, so the good news is I found the correct image that he was referring to. <sighs> is this good news or is this scary news? The bad news? news is this is the image he was referring to. Oh, god damn. So it's a cool like sculpture or something someone made. Of, it's supposed to be a depiction of a Wendigo wow. as well. But what he said he saw looked a lot more like this thing. That's somehow much more freaky oh so much more freaky it's just so it's very very what what jake and i are looking at is this ghoulishly thin basically looks like a very thin person um male male morph uh yeah with extremely long fingers and um toes and like some kind of antlerish thing he said it had something sticking up off the top of its head right um very deep sunken eyes right um and it looks pretty skeletal, right. and its jaw is just very prominent and um, almost animal-like, but still pretty humanoid overall. Right, off-putting. It's creepy as so hell. If you saw that walking along the road and you're driving by, you cross paths, uh, going opposite directions, and it looks down in your window at it you like and screams screens. at you. Not gonna have a good time. You, you typically drive as fast as you can. Yes, I would probably launch my car off of one of those speed bumps <laughs> and just go into orbit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I'll post the correct link to that in this week's description. I actually added it to last week's. And I included the one from last week, just to, um, the one we talked about. Nice. But um, next to it, I put the correct version, uh, so we have both of those to refer to. Right. Uh, what is our topic this week, Wyatt? Um, if I'm not mistaken, our topic this week is kind of like harassing phantom type beasties not exactly ghosts not exactly ghouls um yeah i tried to figure out how to define it i said a phantom i think is a good term phantom so that is entities which recurrently haunt an area and anyone in it rather than a particular house Mm -hmm. or family Mm -hmm. um and to further distinguish what we mean not a type of entity that requ- um, that frequents an area, but a specific individual entity right. seems to be just around here, there. there, and everywhere. Right? I don't know if this is the correct definition of a phantom, but it seems like... But just fucking deal with it, it's people. It's nice to have a label for stuff. Yeah. True. Whoa. There's one now. Okay. 
And um, and so, like you said, yeah, not necessarily strictly ghost-ish, but just some kind of mysterious beings. Right, right. But still doing some haunting action. Haunting, pestering, loitering. So, uh, without further ado... I believe you are kicking us off. I sure am. As ever, my intro here comes from our good pals, uh, the Cryptids Wikia. Ah, yes, with that Z, so you know it's super good. Yes, Uh, even though this is indeed no cryptid. I'll begin. Hmm. If you find yourself driving on the road connecting Highway 101 to Cannon Beach, Oregon, between the town itself and the intersection with Highway 26, you might just find yourself encountering something creepy. I will never do this. Good call. It is always reported to be covered in bloody bandages, as well as emitting a horrible stench, that of rotten flesh. Uh, gross. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Occasionally, the entity's limbs appear to jut out at bizarre, unnatural angles. A common story is that of a pair of teens in the 1960s parking somewhere along this particular road. Mm. Things are heating up. The couple are in a particular mood. It's steamy, one might say. Were they smooching? You know what I'm talking about, Wyatt? No. Uh, two people might feel when Steamy. they're intimately involved. Were they uh, cooking? Finally alone together, perhaps toward the end of a romantic evening out. Were uh, they... Sort of thing two people sleeping? might like, do together, you know? Maybe they were... Guys getting totally boned out, ready to blast off, <laughs> looking to smash. He was, was he about to take her to the <laughs> smush factory, as yes. someone I once knew would say? Well, before they could even get started on their trip to Poundtown, uh, the car starts rocking anyway. They look up and see what appears to be a disfigured man, or something like a man, covered in blood-stained bandages, staring through the window at them. Oh, my God. And pounding on the back of the car. I imagine he went from 10, 9, 8, 7 to ignition to absolute zero, (laughs) take all the fuel out of the jet. (laughs) Yes. Also, I just read uh, blood-stained bandages as blood-stained sausages a second ago. Imagine someone covered in sausages. Blood-stained sausages, no less. <laughs> You're just very, conf- not quite scared, but very confused. Yeah, I would be terrified and extremely wanting breakfast at the same time. <laughs> uh, so they speed off, terrified, but he, or it, is still latched on to the back. Mm-hmm. When they finally stop somewhere in town, though, it's nowhere to be seen. The couple share what will become one of the first known encounters with the Bandage Man. The Bandage Man? Yes. Do you know the bandage man <laughs> also not to be confused with the candy man who makes everything he bakes satisfying and delicious <laughs> uh the bandage man appears to haunt that one particular stretch of road attempting to grab and latch onto any stationary or slow moving vehicles especially trucks and open roof cars such as convertibles hmm. i can definitely imagine having a similar encounter but in a convertible being not even close to as fun as theirs no. was. Yeah, I'm glad that theirs was even a little bit fun, at the <laughs> yes. very least. It at least started fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the Phantom will often attempt to attack the drivers, sometimes breaking glass windows. Damn. With the damage itself remaining even after the Phantom itself vanishes. So, hmm. real damage to cars. What the fuck? Uh, it will often remain on the vehicle, disappearing only just before the car reaches the town of Cannon Beach. So once they get into, you know, a well-lit area and stuff, it's just gone. But what it'll be, uh, it'll be attached to their car the whole way. Wow. Which, um, I can't even imagine. It is trying to get it, is this horrible, like... Thing just latched onto your car. I would be out of my mind. Yes. Uh, the bandage man is said to sometimes kill and eat dogs and cats. Naturally. And speculations have spread that the specter has killed several humans. Ooh, 
The fact that this entity can physically interact with other beings and their vehicles is considered something of note. So, the Bandage Man follows some pretty basic urban legendy tropes. It at least doesn't... <laughs> can I can I help you, Mr. Shell? I'm sorry, I thought that would sound more refreshing. I didn't mean to interrupt you. It sounded just like kind of just crunching into something. It did. So, we, uh, we guess we didn't really get into oh, what we we're drinking. Oh, we didn't do drinking. the beer. Yeah. We're drinking Shoot. Four Norsemen by, what's the brewery? Uh, Mason. It could be read, yeah, Mason's from... Brewer, Maine. Brewer, Maine, which is extremely appropriate. Yes. Um, so that's a double a IPA. Very delicious double IPA. Dry hopped with Australian hops. Can you do a better Australian accent, probably? Right bloody good ale there, Mr. Shill. <laughs> <laughs> so the next one, the one you just cracked straight into and onto. And the one I just annoyingly onto. cracked and interrupted this whole flow with was the Stoneface Brewing Company. Hopulization. Which is also a double IPA, is it not? Also a double IPA. It's a limited release, so we getting fancy. Mm-hmm. Stoneface right here in Seacoast, New Hampshire. Yeah, right in uh, Newington, I think, right? Indeed. Cool. You knew. Inkton. <laughs> Bandage Man. Bandage Man. So, yeah, he kind of follows some similar sounding cliches you might hear in different urban legend type of things, especially as far as... Uh, couples in cars trying to do couple things and being attacked. At least he doesn't have a hook for a hand as far as like hitting all the bases, but um, still pretty spooky. Right, true, true. Uh, otherwise, seems to just tap into a base fear, maybe. Let me get this out of the way. Excuse me. And it takes the form of something that happens to sound pretty creepy. Right. So it is, in short, a spooky time. It is. So now that we've got an idea of the general creepiness of seeing a man covered in bandages trying to get you, mm-hmm. let's make this whole lot worse for ourselves with a story from the YouTube show, Strange But True Stories, okay. hosted by Steve White. Mm. The show consists of readings of viewer-submitted stories of strange encounters and experiences, with some additional visuals and sound design to add to the mood. That's cool. Uh, this particular episode, which I will, of course, link to, has the warm, fuzzy, exceptionally charming title of The Crawling Man in My Kitchen. No. I don't yeah. want that <laughs> at all. No one wants that. No, not at all. This will be a slightly abridged transcript of that. Ugh. Yeah. Growing up, I was always aware of supernatural things. The women in my family are very sensitive to it. We were always aware when we weren't really alone. The men in my family have never noticed anything out of the ordinary as far as I can tell. At least whenever I ask my male cousins and uncles about it, they told me I'm just seeing things and ghosts aren't real. <laughs> you crazy woman. The women folk are all seeing things. Yeah, you're hysterical. Uh, I've had many things happen in my life. There was a ghost that would uh, purposefully scare my sister and me when we misbehaved, and there are paranormal things that happened that I can't really explain. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I could write a book about all the things I've experienced, (laughs) but the story I'm about to tell you, I'm not sure I would include it in that book. (laughs) It's 100% true, but just remembering it gives me tremendous anxiety. It's the scariest thing to ever happen to me, but I'll do my best not to leave any detail out. All right, all right. I was 17 years old at the time. This particular night, I was on the phone with a friend of mine. We were up really late. It was like 1.30 in the morning. We were just BSing about complete nonsense, as opposed to, you know, BSing yeah. about very, <laughs> very important serious issues. stuff. <laughs> uh, nothing different than what normal teenage girls do today. Uh, I lived in a fairly... <laughs> Nothing's changed. <laughs> I lived in a fairly, a fairly small house, but it had an open layout. And it was just about the size of a two-bedroom apartment. Ooh. We had a living room that bled over into the dining room. Uh, between the dining room and the living room was a door frame that led to the kitchen. Off the kitchen was my mother's bedroom. To the right, between the living room and dining room, were two doors, one which led to the bathroom and one that led to mine and my sister's room. So my friend and I were just talking and carrying on when I looked up and noticed someone or something 
peeking at me from behind the wall in the kitchen, and I froze for a second. I thought I was seeing things. It noticed me and quickly ducked into the kitchen. What? Very quietly, I told my friend that someone was in the house. She laughed it off and made a joke about how I was going to be the headline in tomorrow's newspaper. I immediately said, no, I'm serious. Be ready to call the cops. I'm going to check it out. Oh, my God. At this point, she became serious and said... She started bullshitting about serious stuff. (laughs) (laughs) At this point, she said she would... uh, If she heard anything, she was prepared to call 911. Lights were off in the kitchen, but there was enough light from the other rooms that I could see a little bit. When I reached the frame and looked into the kitchen, I saw... I don't even know how to describe it, really. It was a man, I think. It was completely black, like it had been burned to a crisp, with bandages all over its body. Some of the bandages were hanging off. They looked really old and tattered. It was hunched over facing the wall, and I was completely frozen in fear. It turned to me, and it took everything in me not to scream. It had no eyes, two black holes where they should have been. Its mouth was open. The teeth that it had were noticeably yellow. We stared at each other for a second, maybe two. Then it lunged at me. No! My reaction was to turn on the kitchen light, and when I did, it was gone. Now, again, you have to understand that my family and I have seen ghosts. It's not uncommon for us. I mean, seeing a burn to a crisp man in your kitchen is pretty freaky, and I was scared. And I'm not sure what I would have done if it had still been there when the light came on. But I'm just letting you know how I acted as calmly as I did when I saw this frightening thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Hey, are you okay? My friend asked, still hanging on the phone with me. I took a seat in the kitchen table and assured my friend I was okay. Mm -hmm. Just ghosties doing their ghost business, I guess I told her. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) She responded that I needed to get some sleep. I don't. Whatever. Yeah, go on. (laughs) Just ghosties. Just trying to reassure her. Like, nah, it's just ghost stuff. It's, Not yeah, psychologically just, shattered and destroyed. Yeah. No, I'm fine. It's, it's just uh, it's just more ghosts. Just ghosties. Just, yeah. She responded that I needed to get more sleep. She wasn't wrong. <laughs> I did have serious insomnia those days. Mm-hmm. I told her that she didn't need to worry, but there wasn't any, uh, that there wasn't anyone physically in the house, and I was going to take her advice and go to bed. We said goodnight to each other, and we hung up, promising to talk again in the morning. I walked back into my bedroom. Oh, no. After a few moments, I heard a sound coming from the kitchen. No! It sounded like nails on the tile. You know that sound when a dog walks on hardwood floors? It sounded <sighs> just, just like that. We had a dog, so this didn't scare me because I thought it was my dog walking in the kitchen. She liked to sleep with my mother, but would squeeze through the crack in the door and roam the house occasionally. After the fright I just had, I wanted the dog with me, so I got up to retrieve her from the kitchen. To this day, I wish I would not have done that, because it wasn't my dog in the kitchen. Oh, fuck. Instead, I saw the burned, bandaged creature crawling around the floor like a spider. Its arms were bent opposite of how they should have. Its knees were doing the same thing. It crawled up and down the small path in our kitchen. When it noticed me, it stopped. Its head stayed down facing the floor, but it adjusted its body to face me. I immediately ran into my mom's room and jumped on her bed. I woke her up with a fright, and she demanded to know what was wrong. Damn. I had no idea how to explain what I had seen to her, so I just said I had a nightmare and asked if I could sleep with her that night. She agreed and almost immediately fell asleep. But I could still hear it crawling around in the kitchen. The bedroom door was still open for me, having flung it open a while when I rushed in. I looked through the open door, and I could see it doing circles in the kitchen, just spinning in a single spot. Then it began to crawl towards me. Nope. I threw my blankets over my head and began reciting the Lord's Prayer over and over again, squeezing my eyes shut. So basic. So many other prayers you could use. Jeez. Get ready to punch. Just wind up your fist, start cranking your arm yeah. to get your arm stronger so that when it gets near you, you can punch it so hard it explodes and dies. So just, yeah, squeezing your eyes shut and, and saying your prayers. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I felt it crawl onto the bed. I felt its weight on my legs. Fuck that. I felt Fuck its weight that. on my chest. 
it stayed on my chest for two chants of the Lord's Prayer, and then it, <laughs> and then it vanished, or at least I couldn't feel the pressure anymore. If that was how she kept time. <laughs> <laughs> when do you want to go to the movies? Oh, and maybe oh, like you know, four thousand Lord's <laughs> Prayer chants from now. <laughs> you know, based on my average speed of the Lord's Prayer chant. Uh, so after, as she said, Lord's Prayer twice through, and it seemed to be gone. But I could hear it crawling around in the kitchen again. Then it made its way back into my mother's room, onto her bed, and crawled right back onto my chest again. I had never been so scared in my entire life. My grandmother and mother always said that when you're afraid, call upon the Lord and he will protect you. I believe that he was protecting me as I said the Lord's Prayer. Mm-hmm. The thing was still there, of course. So right, was like right. Protecting her at like bare minimum. Yeah. Like, uh, someone's saying, the pr- okay, just, uh, yeah, you're fine, I guess. <laughs> I also like the scenario in which she legit just forgot what her dog looked like. <laughs> oh, yeah, my dog is Wait. horrible. I forgot. <laughs> yeah. Or instead of a dog, they just had this horribly disfigured <laughs> bandaged monster the whole time. Yeah. In need of a good home. Yes. Uh, perhaps something worse would have happened if I hadn't been praying. I'll never know. Whatever this thing was, it was strong enough to manifest itself into something physical, or at least allow me to acknowledge that it could touch me. I really can't answer how I was able to keep my wits for so long, feeling it and hearing it the way it taunted me, because I do believe that it was that, that was what it was doing. It rested on my chest, only to disappear back into the kitchen and repeat itself. I was just glued there, blankets over my head, eyes squeezed shut, and trying with all my might to focus only on praying. I absolutely felt threatened this entire time it was going on. Oh, I'm sure she did. You know that feeling you get when you do a loop on a roller coaster, how your heart flips, your stomach knots, and for a single moment, the only thing you can focus on is your mortality and how easy it would be for the belt to break or the clamps to unlock? That adrenaline you get when the moment after you cleared that loop, you feel as, as if you defied everything and anything is possible now? Imagine all those <laughs> feelings mixed together. But then the next loop comes, and then you feel it again. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, just kidding. Imagine all those feelings mixed together, but the moment takes on with no end. That is how I felt. That is how I still feel with this memory. Did I believe it could hurt me? Definitely. Why didn't it hurt me? I don't know. Maybe it took more pleasure in my fear than it would in my pain. This continued for the rest of the night. It felt like an eternity, but in reality, it was probably about two hours before the sun began to rise, or, you know, approximately... Um, let's see. Take right you about here. 15 seconds. So that's four chance a minute. Okay. So two hours, 60 times four times two. 4,200. Not too bad. Okay. You can bang that shit out in two hours. No problem. Once the sun was up, I flew out of the house, still in my PJs, and made my way to my grandmother's house. She was an extremely early riser, and I knew she'd be awake once I got there. I told her everything that happened. I was crying and shaking, just a complete mess. She did her best to calm me down, and said that we needed to um, needed our house to be blessed, and offered to do a few prayers in the house. She did say the prayers and walked through the house. We went to church and got some holy water, and she told me to keep it within reach of me every time I went to bed. <laughs> I never saw that creature again, but sometimes I would get the sense that it was watching me. It was rare, but when that did happen, I would leave the house and spend the night somewhere else. Fair enough. I never wanted to experience anything like that ever again. Besides this being extremely traumatizing, what confused me the most was that my mother couldn't sense it. My grandmother could. She told me right away that she could feel it when she walked in the house. I feel pretty, uh, burned bandaged man in here right now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It smells like some kind of horrible ghoul that would crawl around with weird backwards-facing knees and stuff. Yeah. But my mother insisted that there was nothing in the house. It was as if she was locked out of everything that was going on. Even when the sun rose and I flew out of the house to my grandmother's, she didn't move, just continued to sleep. <laughs> even though the thing, even after I was gone, it kept crawling up on the bed next to her I and going back in the kitchen. I think your mom needs to go to the hospital. 
<laughs> my mom she still hasn't woken up. Yeah, she smells horrible. Oh, she hasn't showered in days. I've tried to do research on this thing I saw, but have come up completely empty-handed. I know I can't be the only person who has seen this creature and experienced the things it can do. My biggest hope is that I can find someone who may be able to shed some light on this whole thing. I am now 31 years old, but this has never left me. I do my best not to think about it, but when it flutters back to the surface of my mind, I experience that night as if it was the first time. It still scares me. Mm-hmm. You know what? It's probably going to do the same for me for a while. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, here's my living room. There's my kitchen. Yep. And over there is the bedroom, which always has an open door. I was going to say, you have a very similar layout to yes. the story. So, of course, any sound I hear tonight coming from the kitchen area is going to suck. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, my God. Uh, as for the story itself, uh, not unlike your Goatman story from last week, this one maybe doesn't fully follow the format of its folkloric forebears. <laughs> but what it does is capture the inherent spooks of such an entity mm-hmm. and in a way that is far more terrifying than any roadside goofing. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. does the bandaged man represent more of just a general, what sounds creepy? Uh, how about a bunch of bandages or something, <laughs> that right. type of origin? Or is it just a classic boogeyman type of image that comes up naturally? Mm-hmm. Is it just the idea of some kind of shambling bandage creature? Let me think about like yeah, people thinking, oh, mummies are scary now. And like the Boris <laughs> Karloff's type. It's very so uh, it's mummy. Like, yeah, could it be just that that particular image happens to spook us and that's why that came up? Right. Or is he really out there? crab walking around our kitchens and just <laughs> hating car sex we may never know <laughs> it's sort of too bad you can't like strap a bunch of brushes to him and have him be like sort of a horrifying Roomba because <laughs> he was just doing circles in one area just kind of exactly, pacing around exactly yeah, so. he could serve as a Roomba and weighted blanket too if you can <laughs> oh, just God. sit on you while you sleep <laughs> Oh, they're supposed to be comforting, aren't they? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so it only works if you're under it the whole night. You peek. I was like, oh, no, no, no. Back just under, back under. staring straight at your face <laughs> as you sleep. This empty hollow socket. eyes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. His gross yellow teeth that you want to just brush. Like that one remaining tooth. You're like, dude, you got to clean that fucking thing. It's going to fall out of your head. strips or something. Right, right. Then it wrap it around the one tooth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That would be very creepy. I mean, my goodness. I don't know if, um, like, there's different different ways the bandage man is reported on makes him sound more and more just kind of goofy. A little like, bit. Like, I saw a fake image that's supposed to be him chasing after a car, and it just looks like the Michelin man or someone <laughs> wrapped in toilet paper. If it was the Michelin man, just <laughs> falling on hard times. <laughs> exactly. Or just like the um, reanimated corpse of the original Michelin man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's why he goes after after cars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no one's noticed that there is a pattern to, to his attacks. He does not go after cars that have Michelin tires. That's the, that's hmm. the trick. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, I think there there's something to be said for the kind of the format of some of the original stories of like, yeah, something attacking cars on old abandoned roads it's right. a decommissioned road that connects these two different highways right and just the the notion of there being just some kind of creepy lurker on in areas that are not heavily trafficked that could get you a lot of different kind of boogeyman type things like that out there so this may just be another one of those but the additional story of a very similar sounding specter haunting someone in inside of her house makes me wonder more about just the kind of imagery that is involved if you know the maybe there isn't actually a bandaged man haunting the road you know in Oregon but if people do still see things that look like that like for example right. she was describing having you know it was really early in the morning she had bad insomnia at that time in her life it's very possible that she just hallucinated that whole thing just from lack of sleep for and sure. she never slept that whole night either so no doubt. probably just keep getting worse you're that freaked out you're going to keep especially if you like worse. i mean her her 
you know, she spends as much time describing, well, not as much time, but I mean, she goes into as much detail describing this thing she says she saw as she does her state of mind at the time. Yes. And that tells me a lot about, like, for instance, if you get attacked by something for real, you don't really have to describe that you felt fear. Yeah. You, you describe the details of the attack. I think where, in this case she was wanting to specify that she had seen ghosts before and they didn't scare her true, as much. But that kind of like, you know, it just sounds to me like a person who has psyched themselves so completely out that they're just like, you know. Oh, for sure. But again, I can't speak to that experience. I've not been in a room with the bandaged man crawling around on the kitchen floor. So, you know, <laughs> shit. If I saw that, I would go insane. <laughs> I would not be able to write about it. <laughs> exactly, yeah. What I think is cool, too, is that she... She never specifies where she's from, and she said that she didn't know anything about it. She never heard of anything like it. Right, right. And so the idea of it being totally unique to her, it wasn't that she she hadn't already, she wasn't in Oregon, hadn't heard of the bandage man, hadn't been primed by the particular image she saw. So right. was it a hallucination? Probably. Hopefully. Hopefully. Um, yeah, right. Let's hope. But the specific uh, image of what it looked like is pretty it's interesting. Interesting so that it's so consistent. It's yeah, true. Yeah, so I'm curious about, like, you know, if there is something about the idea of seeing a a kind of corpse-ish thing covered in bandages that is particularly scary to I think, us. I think there is in that it it um is a very accessible way of hitting the mark for that almost humans fucking good, right? We're we are both enjoying this stone face concoction. So thank you stone face. Please sponsor us. Um <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. No pressure, but seriously. But the you know, like the quality of like a creature that is looks almost human, that almost human factor where there's enough familiar there yeah. that it, it triggers certain parts of your mind, but then there's something completely wrong or completely strange. And yeah, so, so the uncanny valley response. Yes, yes, so, yes, and exactly. There are different ways of making that happen. So like the reason people find the Slender Man so creepy is that right. it's proportions are all unnatural it has no face but it's wearing a suit and tie huh, that brings go. it back to the so you have to have it be weird enough to be not right but familiar enough to to get it into that into that uncanny valley right in this case like you know it looks like a kind of corpse creepy thing its limbs don't move correctly or naturally it has this weird like bent wrong ways but then the bandages kind of make it seem more vulnerable to like injury maybe that's true yeah kind of bring that, it back that's a whole other ball of wax too sorry go on yeah yeah well just the idea that that could be the kind of humanizing factor that makes it seem just not quite right where it's like oh right. it's it's not just a completely alien creature it's which would still be scary it right. seems like a little bit more relatable in a way that makes it not just not right yeah, I agree. And further, the the bandages as like obscuring clear features. You yeah. know, it's kind of like a I don't know what the term I'm looking for, but that that is essentially what I'm trying to say. You just like you can tell it's a humanoid shape, but what's underneath there? You know, there's always that. What's behind the bandage? Is it burned? <laughs> is it like horrible? On the bright side, this is at least one witness I have recounted who, when seeing some kind of creepy thing, did not look for genitals. That's true. That's true. So I'll commend her on that for sure. Uh, I will. I will also add my commendation for <laughs> not looking for genitals. We should make like a trophy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Having your priorities straight. Yeah. Exactly. Throw the blanket over your head. Say Lord's <laughs> prayer. That should be number one. 
I still like the idea of your rock'em sock'em robot. That's my number one thing. ad. Let's you gotta wind up the punch. <laughs> Hopefully, you'll hit it hard enough that it will fly it's out of the fly house off and you win. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, that is my uh, phantom creature for the week. Very, very good. I enjoyed that. I understand you have something that's gonna make me feel a lot better. Yes, I I hope to uh, bring us back. Perhaps even take us beyond a place of comfort into a world of kind of mad <laughs> hilarity. Now, um, this is what you're going to be talking about today. Is something that I know a little bit about, but okay. very little. So I'm just so excited to learn all about well, it. Allow me to uh, take you through the story of Springheel Jack or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love Jumping Around Scratching <laughs> the Fuck Out of Hapless Young Women. For this one, we have to travel through time and space way back to the 1800s in Great Britain. Mm -hmm. The year is 1837. Okay. A girl named Mary Stevens was walking to Lavender Hill, a residential and commercial district in South London, where she worked as a servant. She would later report that a strange figure leapt at her from a dark alley. After immobilizing her with a tight grip of his arms, he began to kiss her face. Oh. While ripping her clothes with his claws, which, according to her deposition, were, quote, cold and clammy as those of a corpse. Mm -hmm. You got to remember, this is an era during which people regularly touched corpse claws. <laughs> so she very likely knew what she was talking about. <laughs> that makes sense. Okay. So once Mary finally let out a few screams, the being quickly fled and was not later found. The very next day... A coachman traveling in the same area lost control of his horses and crashed when a character of similar description leapt into the road. Several witnesses claimed that he then escaped the scene by jumping over a nine-foot-high wall while babbling with a high-pitched ringing laughter. In this context, the adjective <laughs> ringing simply means very audible, so presumably loud, high-pitched laughter. Super terrifying, right? Uh-huh. Pretty horrifying. Um... <laughs> News of these encounters spread, and quicker than the time it takes to jump way up in the air giggling, the press and public dubbed the character Springheel Spring Jack. Springheel Jack's back, baby. Um, incidentally, would you believe me if I said the events surrounding Springheel Jack are the progenitor of the concept of getting jacked? Because they should be. Okay. So a few months after these initial encounters, we arrive in January of 1838. And the Lord Mayor of London, just a side note, Lord Mayor is the Victorian English version of a civic ubermensch, basically. A burgermeister, if you will. <laughs> a steak chief. <laughs> <laughs> the Lord Mayor of London publicly reads a complaint he had received days earlier. The contents went as follows. Quote, It appears that some individuals of, as the writer believes, the highest ranks of life. So this is a, this is a complaint that he has received, not his own words. Mm -hmm. um, it appears that some individuals have laid a wager with a mischievous and foolhardy companion that he durst not take upon himself the task of visiting many of the villages near London in three different disguises, a ghost, a bear, and a devil, and moreover, that he will not then enter a gentleman's gardens for the purpose of alarming the inmates of the house. The wager has, however, been accepted, and the unmanly villain has succeeded in depriving seven ladies of their senses, two of whom are not likely to recover, 
but to become burdens to their families. <laughs> They've gone so goddamn crazy. <laughs> At one house, the man rang the bell, and on the servant coming to the, open the door, this worse-than-brute stood no less dreadful figure than a specter clad most perfectly. The consequence was that the poor girl immediately swooned and has never from that moment been in her senses. The affair has now been going on for some time, and, strange to say, the papers are still silent on the subject. The writer has reason to believe that they have the whole history at their finger ends, but, through interested motives, are induced to remain silent. So there's a bet at some point between some guys. He's... (laughs) Yeah. Bet you won't go to all these villages and dress as a bear, a ghost, and a devil. Bro. Bro, you won't. Bro, dude. You totally won't. You totally won't. Dude, dude I will. No, no, Yo, you, I dare you, you to like ring the bell, just be like standing there and like scare the shit out of them. Perfectly, and then just walk perfectly away. clad. Perfectly per- clad. <laughs> Side note, but a boom, baby. Yeah, boy. Snow day tomorrow. Just got the About to alert. Sleep in. We ain't going to work tomorrow. No, sir. Sounds like someone's going to get this editing done not in the middle of the night, the night before it's uh, supposed to come out. Naughty boy. Um, Basically, this complaint would come out as just one of many such can this weird prankery please end type stop making bets about dressing as bears devils and ghosts the and three scariest things in britain <laughs> yes. um basically you imagine if someone saw a bear ghost that would be terrifying or a devil bear speaking of which have you seen annihilation yet not yet bear that in mind um ghost bears oh you'll see i'm interested it's worse actually um <laughs> Lord Mayor would receive a bunch of these letters suggesting accounts from far and wide around London, still localized to London at this point, though. Mm -hmm. Accounts variously reported young ladies losing their wits or behaving very badly, or excuse me, or behaving very badly. (laughs) (laughs) Totally side, you know, side note to the uh, (laughs) Spring Hill Jack. Uh, No. Um, Or being very badly hurt by the claws of the assailant, um, which he wore on his hands, apparently. Hmm. Um, some Which even were cold re- and clammy, of course. Cold and clammy, exactly. Worse than the grave. Uh, some even reported deaths of fright following the encounters. Oh no, fright died. Yeah, <laughs> Lord Fright, <laughs> the uh, progenitor of uh, Count Chocula. <laughs> Fortunately, Lord Mayor was a skeptic and dismissed most of the claims regarding ghosts or pernicious bears and the like. However, following an account by one of his trusted trusted friends of, quote, a servant girl at Forest Hill who had been scared into fits by a figure in a bear's skin, he, unquote, he put the police on the case, hoping to catch this particularly skilled and potentially dangerous prankster is basically what he thought it was. Right. Now, despite the very real terror people purportedly experienced in getting, I guess, literally jacked up... <laughs> It's, I think it's important to describe at least one illustration of this guy before I go any further. I also want to point out that I really love that Victorians describe any uh, just general person whose name they don't know as Jack. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jack is the go-to. <laughs> Who is this Jack over here? So we can link to this image, um, but in it, Jack appears to... This is an illustration, um, one of many from the period... That was designed basically to make him seem frightening, is my understanding. <laughs> but in it, uh, Jack appears to have just landed on top of what is maybe a very large tombstone in a graveyard. And looking up at him in the foreground are three men cowering or fainting as they react to his arrival. Sounds pretty pretty good Sounds so far. Sounds very scary. But 
Jack himself looks less like a strange monster and more like if Dick Dastardly from Wacky Races was a real human man. (laughs) He looks like he made a Batman costume at home, got about halfway through putting it on, and then remembered he also had a job interview on the same day and only had time to put on a pair of slacks before rushing out the door. (laughs) And by that, I mean his quote-unquote spooky shirt, which is equipped with bat wings and rib-like stripes on the chest. (laughs) is tucked in (laughs) to what look like business casual khakis and he's wearing them with a belt which tells me that either they are slightly too large on him or he wants the people he's scaring to think he looks nice or he does not own braces or suspenders right yeah exactly if he was wearing suspenders (laughs) and you can add to this a kind of little cowl with little tiny ears from which a long, thin feather shoots up, kind of roguishly. Um, so it's a confusing I've, look. I've seen at least one or two images of him. I'm not sure if I've seen this particular one. I can pick, so, can I'll i show it to you in a moment. Okay. What takes this all to the nth dimension for me as well <laughs> is his posture. His posture, I think, is consistent in most illustrations of him. He has managed to land on this gravestone in a sort of half lunge so that he's... <laughs> A bit on his way into the Captain Morgan rum pose, but his arms are way up in the air, extending his little wings. So he winds up looking like he's just hit his final dance mark in like a Broadway musical or stop or something like, boom. So I imagine him sneaking up on these guys and then following a quick run to like build up some speed. He's jumped up on this gravestone and been like, aha. So here's the image. Oh, yeah, that's somebody. <laughs> Can't you just see it? <laughs> Absolutely. So there's a very similar illustration, which I'm sure you've come across, of him landing on a chimney in the same way on someone's roof, and a chimney sweep is poking at his head, looking at the roof, and being terrified of what he's seeing. Oh, I maybe have, yeah. It looks like basically the exact same pose. That's maybe amazing. with or without the plume, I'm not sure. Maybe this was just the the look of terror back in the day. Yeah, that's just the scariest image people could come up with. They're like, yeah. A what, jaunty lunge. What a strange position for a body to take. <laughs> um, Our imaginations have gone a little bit... Uh, wilder since then in terms of what can be scary. Yeah, exactly. Just have this guy's knees bend the wrong way and have him covered in bandages and you'll have a you'll have a sale. But keep the belt. But keep the belt. Keep the nice boots. Keep the feather even? Ideally. Ideally. So let's see. Shortly after the Ubermare makes his official spooky <laughs> APB uh come two of the most famous Springheel Jack accounts, the Alsop and the Scales reports. So I'll go through these both now. I wish you would. Teenager Jane Alsop reported that on the night of February 19th, 1838. So again, we're only about six months or less after these things first started going off. Oh, wow. um, A man came to the door of her father's house claiming to be a police officer. He told her to bring a light claiming that, quote, we have caught Spring Hill Jack here in the lane. Um, she grabs a candle, which was effectively the brightest illuminating device of the era. Other than the sun. Exactly. I was actually trying can to... Can you fetch the sun, please? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, I regret my decision. Um, the moment she passes it over... Apparently, she walked way the fuck out of her house to do this, too. The moment she passes it over, he throws off his cloak and presents, quote, the most hideous and frightful appearance 
vomiting blue and white flame from his mouth while his eyes resembled, quote, balls of fire. I don't know how you pull this off. I hope it's as involuntary as vomiting, too. Just, oh, yeah. oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Miss Alsop also reported that he, uh, he wore a large helmet and that his clothing, which appeared to be very tight-fitting, resembled white oil skin. Now, as anachronous as I know it is, I'm imagining a huge moped helmet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. With a little visor in the front, kind of. And then the, the tight white. Uh, oil skin or just makes me think of like David Bowie or something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's just David Bowie back in the Victorian era. There you go. Without saying a word, you better believe he grabbed hold of poor Jane and uh, took to scratching the fuck out of her. Oh, no. He tore her gown with his claws, uh, which she was certain were of, quote, some metallic substance. She screams for help, manages to get away from him, runs towards the house, but he catches her on the steps, tears at her neck with his arms and pervy claws she was saved only by one of her sisters whose arrival apparently drove jack away they go i can't scratch her i gotta get out of here yeah i can i'm a one scratch at a time kind of man um so eight days after the attack on jane also we're now february 28th um 18 year old lucy scales and her sister were returning home after visiting their brother across town uh not long after they left his place um scale stated in her deposition to the police that she and her sister observed a person standing in an angle of a passage of an alleyway scales was walking in front of her sister at the time and just as she came up to the person um, who was wearing a large cloak he spurted quote a quantity of blue flame in her face which blinded her so and so badly frightened her that she basically just collapsed and as the report goes was seized with violent fits, which continued for several hours. Jeez. An unknown amount of fire a comes out of quantity of blue flame. <laughs> she sees the fire measure. and she starts freaking out for several hours. She, like, basically had a seizure, it sounds like. Yeah. The language is so extreme, you would think people living in this era would somehow never have experienced shock. So this would be a question for Dr. Boucher of Aston University. I don't know if she's caught up to this episode yet, but um, she's a professor of Victorian English literature. Very cool. And there are a lot of books in which people just have fits and die. (laughs) Like, that's the thing people talk about back then. Like, people get, like, um, overwhelmed by something, some kind of social event. And ending up bedridden for the <laughs> and then dying of it. just it's just people were um, perceived humanity as more fragile than it was. These things didn't right. actually happen necessarily, but they were written about a lot. <laughs> it makes for good, uh, yeah, good reading, I guess. I suppose, yeah. So the idea of saying, "Oh, someone saw something so scary that they were in a fit for hours," right? Just... <laughs> they heard the funniest joke and died. <laughs> um, let's see. Lucy's brother corroborated as much of the story as he could, having been near to the site where it occurred. Um, Fuck this beer. I forgot how good this beer is. It's mad good. We're now drinking Stony Joe. If you recall way back in episode two, we did not know how to describe a beer or remember its name. This is that. And this shit is aggressively laid back, let me tell you what. It's a mystery to me why no one sponsors us. I tell you. We could do such good ad read. Oh my god. We could do a whole episode just reading your ad. Especially if your the beer is... The episode would only be five minutes long, but... <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> um, Especially if your beer is spooky. That helps. Yeah. If you have a spooky beer, we will uh, 
straight up do a whole episode yeah so <laughs> the end <laughs> oh god Lucy's sister described the assailant as being of tall, thin, and gentlemanly appearance, Ooh. covered in a large cloak and carrying a small lamp similar to those used by police. So, after these incidents, spring Jack was essentially a celebrity character of the period. All right. Um, accounts, true or fabricated, would spice up newspapers, and he became a key player in various Penny Dreadfuls. For any listeners who don't know, Penny Dreadfuls were basically serial, scary stories bought cheaply and written to spook the masses, basically the sci-fi channel of the day. Owing to his popular description and otherworldly abilities, Spring Hill Jack became a colloquial version of the devil himself. Colloquial devil. You colloquial devil. <laughs> I do want to say a quick aside. Uh, I can't help but imagine Spring Hill Jack having to leap everywhere, <laughs> always with a high-pitched... <laughs> it's his only mode of locomotion his only mode exactly which of course the second ha would have to signal his huge jumps <laughs> yeah so it's um, kind of a ha ha yeah exactly <laughs> exactly that second ha he's just immediately 50 feet or more up in the air there's no visible transition his liftoff is just so powerful and abrupt he's just entering orbit immediately <laughs> Um, I like to imagine, too, that his confident ha ah! would occasionally be heard to turn steadily into a terrified ah! <laughs> because he just has too much power behind his jumps, even for himself. Way too high, he's very scared of heights. Too I, many Gs as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, I also think it would be great if he occasionally started his jumps from inside of buildings so they'd have to smash out of a wall or a window with his ha. Ah! <laughs> or occasionally if it's too sturdy just ha yeah <laughs> on the floor immediately yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's just the perfect like indentation of his head because of course as a fan he can't be totally destroyed exactly he can only experience terror um Anyway, returning to the tale. So, Spring Hill Jack was the talk and fear of the town for a time in Victorian era Britain. Um, accounts spread far and wide, but steadily petered out. A little more than 30 years after the first accounts, however, beginning in the 1870s, spring Jack was again reported in several locations across mm, Great Britain. Girl. Mm -hmm. uh, strange and frightful encounters with the so-called, quote, Peckham Ghost were attributed to the lascivious leaper. Mm. These sightings continued until another famous account in August of 1877 by a group of soldiers in a barracks in Aldershot. This is in England. A sentry on duty at the north camp of the barracks spies a peculiar figure, quote, advancing towards him. The figure ignored the sentry's warnings, came up beside him, and, I kid you not, delivered several slaps to his face. <laughs> <laughs> Stay back, I'm warning you. Yeah. Don't come any closer. <laughs> at this point, another guard shot at him with no visible effect. Hit the sentry. <laughs> yeah, kill the sentry flat out. Um, no, missed, missed or had no effect, at least, on the uh, strange figure, which then disappeared into the darkness with, quote, astonishing bounds. This I'm picturing every time he jumps the original NES Mario bowing. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um... This apparently caused so great a panic at the barracks that sentries were issued ammunition. I guess they normally just use their eyeballs. 
<laughs> um, and were ordered to shoot. Everyone was ordered to shoot the quote night terror on site. All right, guys, you're all allowed to have bullets yeah, now. Here you go. Yeah, <laughs> those guns were unloaded. <laughs> Sorry to tell you. So Jack would appear a few more times, leaping out of the way of capture, but would eventually recede into mythology. Hmm. So we they they don't really see him anymore. I don't think, but he has been adopted by many realms of sort of storytelling yeah which i'll get into shortly excellent didn't he show up at some point in um wasn't he cited in the u.s as well at some point actually i think well i don't know actually i know he's been there have been a couple recent purported sightings but i have i don't have those for us today unfortunately i feel like there have been some sightings of i again this is just from seeing a headline but nothing further than that but there is like american sightings of spring-heeled jack as well which is that's cool yeah Maybe I should do a, a Jack part two. I would be into it. We're not totally off Jack net yet. <laughs> um, so, theories as to what Springhill Jack could be. First and foremost, it's the uh, Sandhill Crane. Sandhill Crane, jumping around. <laughs> Actually, it's not crazy. Um, <laughs> that's not one of the ones I have today, but <laughs> pretty much um, ma- mass hysteria. Your good old boy, Mister Hysteria. Um, some whole- dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Um, some we old, will never get tired of making that reference either. That's true. And if you haven't seen Ghostbusters, get yourselves a goddamn VHS player. Mm-hmm. Make a time machine. Go back to 1989? <laughs> seven? Four. Five. Five. Six, seven, three, two, one, eight. Ghostbusters. Nine. <laughs> so, images of the Boogeyman, <laughs> images of the Boogeyman and Devil were spooky stuff in Victorian era London, and this very much was a time that a person could be attacked and murdered in close quarters without much ado. It was kind of the, a fad at the time was to it murder was. people in close quarters without like, being caught. It's kind of an anti-drug for a lot of folks. So, <laughs> this is taking place within a cultural ecosystem ripe with superstitions and sensational fairy folklore involving outlandish and magical creatures as well. So the fire breathing and incredible leaping abilities uh, could be just a game of telephone, or I guess I should say carrier pigeon (laughs) away. Telegraph, you know, later on. Telegraph, yes, indeed, um, from being borne out as reality. Um, Semaphore? I'm not sure when that was. Semaphore. (laughs) (laughs) Um... (laughs) Yeah, it's on the coast. Um, it's also not much of a stretch to imagine many copycats taking on Spring Hill Jack's weird big quote-unquote cloak, like a sort of reverse Batman imposter syndrome, <laughs> which would be the perfect cover for Britain's rampant pathological scratcher cohort to get their jollies. <laughs> it was a huge, huge problem at the time. Yeah, they had just no idea how to go about getting what they needed out of life, and now, they, was, had a, now they had an outlet. <laughs> shallow cutaneous damage to other people's skin <laughs> um ideally through the coldest clammiest possible uh, exactly claws scratching implements <laughs> yes yeah. uh let's see there's also the theory of the i'm going to call it weird guy progenitor to the <laughs> springheel jack phenomenon which is that some hold that the sort of og springheel scratcher could have been one or even a handful of young aristocrats looking for trouble. Um, in fact, a popular rumor circulating as early as 1840 implicated Irish nobleman Henry de la Pour Bereford. Very Irish-sounding name. Yeah, for real, right? Um, the third Marquess of Waterford as the main suspect. Hmm. Perhaps it's Henri. 
Uh, Henry apparently did not have the best experiences with women or police officers and was frequently in the news in the late 1830s for drunken brawling, brutal jokes, vandalism, and belching blue fire out of his mouth while (laughs) just doing so, so much scratching of ladies. (laughs) Um, He had a reputation for a willingness to do anything on a bet and his erratic behavior and contempt for women earned him the title Spring Hill Jack. Wait. um, (laughs) I bet you you won't... uh... But she won't dress up as a bear, a devil, and a ghost and go all at once. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, he was he was called the Mad Marquis. He was even in London at the same time as the Focal attacks. It's not um, pronounced Marquis. Marquis, maybe it is hmm. the Mad Marquis. I don't I'm fucking just kidding, know. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, definitely Marquis. <laughs> the, the Mad Marquis. I like that much more. Um, this just goes to show how much I believe you (laughs) (laughs) i'm gullible as fuck um and e cobham brewer who was a reference book writer from the area uh later supported this theory stating that the marquess used to amuse himself by springing on travelers unawares to frighten them spring healing on them spring healing yeah i know he uses even the term springing he's like he's the fucking spring heel jack guy (laughs) There's also the paranormal angle Mm. Um, alongside the more reasonable propositions. We have speculation that good old springing Jay (laughs) was actually of extraterrestrial origin. (laughs) Now, that is not the direction I thought this would go. The red and sometimes reflective eyes, the phosphorus breath and superhuman (laughs) agility potentially deriving from life on a higher gravity world. So they say... (laughs) Alternatively, the same features could place him as actually what people made him out to be, a kind of horrible demon or phantom attacker, Mm -hmm. as the term goes, which is an entity uh, which appears to be human and may even be relatively plain in complexion and yet possesses extraordinary abilities. So this is the Uncanny Valley shit you're talking about. I get the the kind of devil thing more than the extraterrestrial thing. Yeah, right. For real. Just jumping, just came to Earth to f- scratch the fuck out of people. I'm just picturing John, what was his name? John something of Mars. John John of Mars. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Wait, give me one second. Um, I'll give you five Lord's prayers to figure this one out. <laughs> John Carter of Mars. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Spring Hill John, more like Spring- it, I guess. Well, you know, Jack is a is a nickname for John, so... Oh, I didn't know that. Jack Kennedy. Oh, there you go. Dipshit. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> um, so, whatever the true progenitor, Spring-Heeled Jack has since entered cultural meta as both villain and vigilante hero, equally su- suited to play the part of the nefarious devilish rogue as he is to play the part of the heroic, rebellious rogue. <laughs> Since the mid-1900s, spring Jack has appeared in plays, comics, literature, music, television, and even video games. Hmm. Something I think rather interesting about the spring Jack meta is that the descriptions collectively echo details of both Mothman and the Phantom of the Chicago. Interesting. The sort of quote-unquote he begins to sound more like an it, uh, the strange cloak, the claws, the springing ability, assumed to be the costume and extreme abilities of a person, were perhaps instead the features of a bizarre and as yet unconfirmed cryptic creature? 
Okay. Who knows? A very dapper creature. A very dapper creature. Yeah, exactly. A uh, thing people didn't know how to see and so ascribed to a person rather than something. Okay. That said, it sounds like a thing that is not so much interested in killing as it is in scratching and then hopping or flying away. Still kind of fun to consider. <laughs> I do like the idea of like a large, either like a bird or some kind of just nocturnal thing. Scaring someone, they get scratched, it flies away, and then they just assume it was some kind of dapper gentleman. Some handsome gentleman, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he was so attractive. Yeah. <laughs> His ghoulish gargoyle face was just wonderful. Um, and finally, if nothing else, Springfield Jack makes for an excellent Halloween costume concept. Um, <laughs> I mean, what better way is there to enjoy a Halloween party than to jump up on a table with food on it while yelling, ha-ha, before vigorously scratching people near you to the point of requiring medical attention, and then finally smashing your way out their second-story window with a high-pitched laugh and running away. The thing is, if you can pull that off and not hurt yourself, absolutely do that. Do that for Halloween. That's my... And that's the... And send us pictures. The note I'll end on. And or videos. Exactly. So there you have it. Ha-ha! Ha-ha! I've broken my legs! <laughs> Please help me. Remember to tuck and roll, guys. Exactly. Um, but also remember to scratch. <laughs> scratch like you've never scratched before. <laughs> And there you have it, Spring Hill Jack. Spring Hill Jack. Oh, my life feels so much richer for now, knowing the whole <laughs> story behind him. The madness. I think for all the details we found about the Phantom of the Chicago in the past, uh, what are we talking, 20 episodes now? I don't, there have been, I mean, it's, it's the Do second, we have an Act 34 today, or are we... Uh, we don't have... I did see something today about uh, Tennessee. There was some kind of... Um, some... Someone feeling their car was chased by a giant bat, but it just sounded kind of stupid and unrelated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm not going to bother with it. Boring. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it would be good to have some future updates on, on uh, Spring Hill Jack. I'd mm. be into it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any kind of new stuff you might find that sounds uh, cool. related, I'd be happy to hear about it. Okay. Yeah. I'll do that. <laughs> that sounds fun. Very good. Yeah, I like the idea that it's just um, people just kind of getting freaked out and, and thinking of all kinds of different ways to describe. I don't know. It just seems goofy and fun, but... uh. There's also a, a time period, too, when he became so popular. A time period when people were ready to latch on to any kind of popular Absolutely. fad. Absolutely. There's also a time when people liked spooky stuff a lot more than they do now. It seems like at least a, a larger portion of the population right. did. This is the same time when spiritualism was popular, so everyone was into, you know, the Ouija board was invented. Everyone right. was into the idea of the occult as just a fun thing that right. wasn't uh, really that frowned upon as so much as it was just like, oh, it's fun. So much more room in the collective consciousness for just... Good old Jack. <laughs> He'll get you. He'll scratch you. <laughs> I don't want that. No. I'd rather... Well, I don't know. Yeah, what would you rather? I would rather encounter Spring Hill Jack 153 times <laughs> before ever encountering the bandaged man crab walking in my kitchen. Yeah, I guess that's fair. I think. That's fair. Really, I guess the biggest thing is if the thing you encounter is not inside your own home, that makes mm-hmm. a big difference. So mm-hmm. if, it's, if it's even like these people seeing at their front door, it's still scary, but it doesn't actually come in. You're still, you have the, you know, the safety of your home to return to. Right, right. After being badly scratched, though. Yeah, I mean, there's iodine for that back then. <laughs> That's true. But there you have it. Spring Hill Jack. Spring Hill Jack. That was a terrific phantom. I'm glad you enjoyed. <laughs> 
Um, and we hope you all enjoyed as well. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Um, thank you guys for tuning in for another week of Super Duperstitious. Hope you're uh, enjoying the new platform. I mean, yes, the Pippa platform. We, I mean, we, again, we're, you're, if you're listening from wherever you were before, you're still finding us the same way you did. But now, there's another way to if you want to. And uh, yeah, we're going to go enjoy our now impending snow day tomorrow. Yes, indeed. Yes. The I'm upside to, to working for a university. In New England. <laughs> yeah, those two things combined work out pretty well. Uh-huh. And so, uh, yeah, until next week, we will uh, we'll leave it there. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye. Bye.